Second John, we're going to be looking at verses 7 to 9, Lord willing, today, and then uh, we'll look at um, the rest of the book next week. We'll finish that, and then we'll keep going on, and Third John, excited being that for a few months. Nah, you can't be in that too long, it's only one chapter. And, um, and then after that, I'll probably retire and go find a nice house in Chicago somewhere and eat Chicago pizza for the rest of my life. Uh, one amen. Well, one amen. How many are good at math? Anybody good at math? You good at math? Good. I was, I was pretty good at math. I mean, I'm not here to brag, but let me brag on myself a little bit. Yeah, nothing wrong with bragging. First grade, I was so good that they thought I was a genius. I would look up at the, at the sky when people would ask me math problems and I would, I would tell them what the answer was. So they said, let's try this kid in third grade. So they took a first grader, they put him in third grade and I hung with the class, in math class. So, I, so they go to my mother, they said, well, we need to skip him. He, he's too smart to be in first grade. We're gonna put him in third grade. My mother goes, no, he's very immature. <laughs> so we're not putting him in no third grade. <laughs> and uh, it was a great decision. But um, I, I had a chip on my shoulder after that. That bothered me, you know, that they wouldn't do that. So fourth grade comes, and, you know, remember in fourth grade when you had your little tests, you had to fill out all the addition problems, and you were timed with them and all that. And so we had that, and the, and the teacher goes, I'll go first. And the teacher went first, and she did it like in a minute, and I forget, 10 seconds or something like that. Then I go, and I finished it in like 45 seconds. I beat her. I killed her. <laughs> And I looked around, you know, I wore bot. I'm the math guy. I mean, I'm a math guy. Man, my head kept getting bigger. And, um, and it's not because of the pageant disease. It's because of my math uh, thing here. And, uh, all, you know, so then I get to high school. And all the kids are taking one math class. I said, you guys are wimps. I took two math classes. I took seven math classes in high school. And I went to college, and I was going to blow it away. I mean, I was the math G. I, I mean, I corrected professors. I told them they were wrong. I was right. And I was, until I get to college. And this lady, my first math teacher in college, she looks at me and says, I know who you are. You think you know everything about math, don't you? I says, I do. <laughs> I said, I know everything, everything. You're not gonna teach me nothing. She says, well, in this class, we have timed exams. And so we time you. Well, that never, I never really had timed exams in high school. And guess what happened? I failed her class. I didn't make it by. She failed me because I could do it. I just needed time to do it. And then fast forward a few years. We were in Argentina and we decided to have this after school tutor program to reach out to the, to the people in the town. And this was beautiful. And we had people, I taught them English, Katie taught, Katie taught all kinds of stuff, you know, because she's, she's amazing. And, you know, but I, I did the math and I did the English part and, and some of that. And little Ellie at that time, she was so small, she would come and sit next to me and teach, teach with me. It was kind of, and we get all kinds of people. People couldn't read, people couldn't write, people couldn't do math. This kid comes in with six pages of math that are due. And he's, he's like, can you help me? I'm like, can you, do you know who you're talking to? I am the math guy. Can I help you? First problem, 
I'm moving the X over here, the Y over here, the Z over here. I'm moving the numbers down. I'm moving. I can't get a suit. I am. I'm, I'm racking. I can't believe I'm banging my head. I'm going to this one. I'm going to that. I'm going to. We're there an hour. He only has an hour and a half in the thing. And we're there about an hour and 15 minutes. I tell him, there's no answer to this thing. He goes, oh, yeah, you're right. There is no answer to this thing. I go, what? How do you do math when there's no solution? I mean, everything needs to add up. And it didn't. In Argentina, they have a different style of teaching the kids where they're to rack their brains for an hour and figure out that, hey, there's no solution. That's not math. That's a false math. It's torture. It is. It killed me. By the way, the kid never came back. I was the only time I ever met him. Six pages. I only got through one question. I told him, come back next week. We'll finish the six pages. Yeah, right. He's like, yeah, right. This guy knows nothing. The math doesn't add up. I want you to look at this passage. The false teachers, their math does not add up. All right? We're going to see it here. We're going to see in verse 7 that they subtract things from Jesus. We're going to see in verse 8 that they try to divide our allegiance to Jesus. We're going to see, Lord willing, if I make it through the second sermon, we're going to see in verse 9 that they add things to Jesus. And there's a problem. Their addition is wrong, their subtraction is wrong, and their division is way off. But I want you to notice here, as we look at 2 John verse 7, notice here how it starts off by saying, there are many deceivers. There's not just one. Oh, I wish there was just one. And let me tell you something. I need a full-time... You just need to spend 40, 60 hours a week studying these guys out. They're all over the place. You can't... You, how do you, you study one, another one comes up. And you study another one, and another one comes up. And then you see one on YouTube, and another one comes up. And people are like, did you see this? Do you, do you see this, Pastor? Do you see this? I can't keep up. They're all over. It says right here in verse 7, there's many of them. Not some. Not one, many. This is not uncommon, but look what they are. They are many deceivers. They want us to think differently and have a wrong opinion that would lead to a wrong action. Now, you will never see on YouTube somebody say, thank you for joining us today. I am going to deceive you. Can I get an amen? You'll never see that. You'll, you'll never, you'll never, ne they won't say it. In fact, they don't even think they're doing it. And, and here's, here's what's the problem with it. Watch this here in, in, in verse 7. They have gone out. They are coming after us. They have gone out into the world. It's the same words used of Jesus that went out into the world to preach the good news. It's the same words used of the apostles that went out into the world to preach the good news. These are missionaries going out into the world to deceive people. They are Satan's missionaries. They are not waiting for you to go to them. They are coming to you. They are going out. They are knocking on doors. They are going to different countries. They are on the TV. They are on the internet. They are everywhere. And they're going out and they're trying to deceive. Now listen to what Mark Twain says. The famous theologian, huh? <laughs> he says this, and this is, this is sobering. He says this, A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is still putting on its shoes. Think how fast lies travel. They move. 
They are going out. And they're not targeting people who are just unsaved. They're targeting the churches. They're targeting us. They're coming after believers. And they are, they are Satan's missionaries. Now, what do we know about them? Let's look at it in verse 7. Here's their subtraction. Here's what they subtract. They're the Grinches that try to steal Christmas. Watch this here in verse 7. They are those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. You know what their problem is? They, they can't accept that, that God has left His glory and He has come down to this earth in the form of a man, of a slave, of a servant. And from that point on, when Jesus came down, He is forever human and also man and God. He is always God and He is always man. And they couldn't put that together. They deny the deity and they deny the humanity of Jesus. They can't accept it. They deviate from who Jesus is in the Bible. And they make up their own Jesus. And they present him. I, I was blown away by um, this thing called the Jesus Seminar. Anybody ever read that? That's a little bit before some of our time um, there. Chalmer, he was a you know, young in it. But um, it was in the 70s and the 80s here. You know what the Jesus Seminar did? They said this. We're going to find the real historical Jesus of the Bible. We're going to find who he is. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide his words. Now listen to this. This is crazy. They're going to divide his words into different colors. Right? They're going to, they're going to highlight his words in a different color. Red. You ever read the Bible and see red in the Bible? You know, I go, don't mess with the red words of the Bible. They'll mess you up. You know? You read that. So they said the red words. Right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put Jesus' red words. And that's probably what he said. Then Jesus' words in pink. They changed it. Pink means maybe he said it, maybe he didn't. Then they put his words in gray, and those are the words that he probably didn't say. And then they put his words in black. Listen to this. These are words he definitely didn't say. And so they take the Bible, they rip the Bible apart, they put it red, pink, they, they start to study the Gospels, they add the Gospel of Thomas in there, and they have the gray, they have the black, and here's what they say, Jesus is not God, Jesus did not die for our sins, and uh, you know they say that Jesus didn't literally raise from the dead. And this is the real historical Jesus. Fifty scholars and a hundred laymen in churches got together and made that conclusion. We're not talking about just unsaved people from the, these are people who really wanted to and they came here and they just and they basically said this, we can't trust the Bible. They went to find the real historical Jesus and they made up their own Jesus. And when the Bible contradicted what they believed about Jesus, what did they do? Put his words in black. They don't matter. Or put his words in gray. Oh, he probably didn't say that. Or put his words in pink and say, you know, maybe he said it or maybe he didn't. And red, oh, that could be possible. But it had to fit their theology. Look what he's saying here. There's many deceivers that have gone out into the world. And here's what they do. They don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. To not acknowledge means to not confess him or embrace him. To not acknowledge means to deny him. To not acknowledge, to deny means to lie about him. They won't confess him. They won't believe in him. They won't accept him. They won't believe in the Jesus as the apostles talked about. They deny him coming in the flesh. 
being fully human. They deny that. They don't want that part. They don't want the humanity of Jesus. They don't want the Jesus of the Bible. And guess what it says here? It says they're a deceiver and an antichrist. Some people say, so so what? So what? Let's, let's just change the Jesus. Let's put the words in red. Let's put them in pink. Let's put them in gray. What does that affect me? Well, let me just tell you what it affects. It affects our salvation. We can't be saved if we don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. It affects our fellowship. How do we fellowship with one another if we're not surrounded around Christ? And it affects our future. What do we believe in? We believe that He is coming. The true God is coming to rescue us from this earth. It affects everything. But look what it says here. These are the people that are deceivers. They're deceiving people. These are the people that try to put themselves in the place of Christ or that hate Christ and hate the things of Christ. You say, Jeremy, how should I react to these people? Look at verse 8. Here it is. Watch. Ready? Bienvenidos. Watch. Who? Now, don't take this to mean this is selfish here. That you just need to watch yourself. Because guess what? This is plural. Know what it means? Who needs to watch each other? We do. Who, who's in, who's, who, if, somebody, if somebody is to say, well, who's in charge of making sure that this church doesn't go by the wayside in doctrine? Who's in charge of that? You ready for this? How many of you think it's just a pastor? All right. If you do, I got a car I want to sell you in the parking lot. How many of you think that? How many of you think here that it's just the elders that need to do that? No. How many think it's you that need to do it? Yeah. We don't like that. Right? We want the pastor to handle when somebody comes and says something. No, no. We need to watch ourselves. You need to watch me. I need to watch you. You need to watch one another. We are all responsible for one another. And he says to watch yourselves. Blepo. Present tense. Continual. Boy, I wish we could just see one person and they come and they go and we don't have to worry about this for a while. We could just relax for a few weeks. We can never relax. This is always going on. And it is something new that comes out. And you're like, whoa, where did that come from? And then they ask me, Pastor, have you seen that? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen it yet. And then I go look at it. I'm like, holy, where did this come from? Continually watch yourselves. And here's why. Look at this verse here. It gives us two reasons in verse 8 why we should watch ourselves. In 2 John verse 8, it says this, Watch yourself. Continually watch. Don't relax. Don't say, okay, we're done with this false teacher. This one's gone. This one. Continually watch yourselves. That what? That you do not lose what we have accomplished. Now don't miss this. What John is saying is that as an apostle... They went around, they preached the real Jesus, they started churches, they helped people that, to believe in Jesus, but yet these false teachers are going around and they're trying to deceive people and preaching a different Jesus. He says, watch out, we don't lose what we have accomplished. Not just you guys, but we, we're in this. Let me just tell you this, there's nothing that pains somebody when you're having a discipleship with someone and then somebody else comes on the outside teaches them false doctrine and you both lose it hurts i've been there more than i like i'll be having a discipleship with somebody we study in the scriptures i get so excited that they're growing they're learning and then they come at me near the end of the discipleship say oh, by the way i was talking to so-and-so i watched so-and-so and you know what i don't believe this stuff anymore People I've baptized. 
and seen make amazing professions of faith no longer walk with God. That hurts. John says, don't do that because we'll lose what we've accomplished. Think of all the, the, the preaching you've heard, the churches that were started and all that, and now you're going to go and fall. Watch yourself. And then he says the second thing here. Look at this in verse 8. He puts himself in there as an apostle, but then in verse 8 he says, but that you, he's worried about them now, that you may receive, notice the next words, a full reward. Now, now, now don't miss this, because some could say, okay, this means that you can lose your salvation. No, he's not talking about that. He is talking about this. When we stand before Jesus, and every one of us will, whether we like it or not, we will. When we stand before Jesus, we have to give an account to him. And what is he going to hold us uh, accountable for? What is he going to hold? What is he going to say about it? He's never going to say to me, Jeremy, how many people were in your church? He'll never say that. He'll never say, you know, how many people did you lead to Christ? He'll never say that. Here's what he'll say. Have you been a faithful steward of my word? And have you believed and continue to believe in the Christ of the Bible? That's what we're going to be held accountable for. And if we start to compromise and say, well, I want to just love people, so i got to take things out of the Bible and I don't want to offend anybody. I, don't want, I just want to preach to Jesus that everyone will accept. I will give an account to God for that. And what he is saying here in this verse, watch out that you don't lose having a full reward. Notice what one guy calls this. That you don't get, when you get to heaven, get less than a, a, a day's pay or a full day's pay. I like that. Hey, we'll be excited we're there. Praise God, we're there. But I want a full reward. And he says here, make sure that you don't go down that path so you don't lose the full reward. Now watch this. This is incredible here. Look at verse 9. <coughs> what a verse this is. This, is. this is amazing. These false teachers, what they want to do, they subtract Jesus. They want to divide our allegiance to Christ so that we lose a full reward. But look what they do. They add. Now, 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 don't miss this. Anyone who goes, say the next words, too far. Proagon in the Greek. Too far. It's, it's the word, John gets sarcastic here. <laughs> you know? Some people say, anybody in the Bible ever get sarcastic? John gets a little sarcastic here. He uses kind of a, a, a running term. You know, where people like to run? You guys like to run? Who likes to, why would you run? That hurts too much, especially in Colorado. You can't run. I'm out of breath. Now, if there's a Big Mac at the back of the table, I'll run. But run? And here's what he's saying here. He's saying these people run so fast. They, they promise this spiritual growth, this, this progress in Christ. They, they make all these promises. They're running so fast that they leave God behind. They go too far. They go above and beyond the boundaries of the Bible. And they teach things that are way out of whack. That's going a little too far. Legalists. Let me just tell you something. Legalists go too far. Thou shalt not go to a movie theater. Thou shalt always wear a tie. Remember the first day I took my tie off here? I had somebody come up to me. Where's your tie? Get my hairs out. 
I need these. I'm going to plant some of these here. <laughs> Ripped them right out of me. Thou shalt wear a tie. Thou shalt, thou shalt do this. They go too far. You don't find it anywhere in the Bible. There's, there's people who, they, they, they algorize everything in the Bible. Be careful. With the, they find symbols and things, different things in the Bible. And, and all of a sudden, everything is symbolized. And, and, and nothing you can take literal there. And so, in the, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, they, listen to this. One guy takes it this way. The, the man robbed was Adam. Um, Jerusalem is paradise. Jericho is the world. And the Good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, what? Where do you get that from? That's going a little too far. That's going above and beyond the boundaries of what the Bible says. Even Schofield, in his wonderful Bible, he says that um, when, Adam, when Adam went to sleep and they took the rib out and, um, and then Eve came out of the rib, he says that's a picture of Jesus Christ who died and was pierced on his side. Or Calvin, who believed that Israel was the church. And so, you know, he, he didn't make any distinction between Israel and the church. And he goes like this. He goes, that verse where all Israel is saved. I don't know how to interpret that. Because Israel is the church. How far are we going to go? The, the, these people go too far with the Bible. Anybody ever hear of the Westboro Baptist Church? You know that one, right? Where they got the flags out and they're telling people that God hates these. They, they've gone too far. Way too far. Well, what about the prosperity gospel people? That they promise you spiritual growth outside of the Bible. And they make promises of things that God never promised, like we're all going to be healthy and wealthy. And so here's what he says here. Anyone, you, me, or anyone, anyone, verse 9, who goes too far, pro Argon, who advances, who, who promises things that are outside the boundaries of what the Bible says. And does not abide in the teaching of Christ. Now don't miss this. Who does not remain in the teaching about Jesus Christ. Who goes too far and outside the boundaries of what the Bible says that Jesus is. Let me tell you. You put on that radio station and the guy's talking. He says, I'm so glad you... And he starts to talk about it. And he says, you know what? Jesus is a God. What do you do? Turn it off. Jesus became God. What do you do? Turn it off. Here's some things that you should filter it through. This is the abiding in the teaching of Christ. His humanity. He's fully God. He's fully man. His deity. He is fully God. His virgin birth. He was born of a virgin. He lived a righteous life here on this earth. He never sinned. His sinless life, he couldn't have sinned. He's God. His substitutionary death, he died in our place, was buried, and he rose again. His literal bodily resurrection, the ascension of Jesus Christ, his present ministry. What is Jesus doing right now? He's praying for us and preparing a place for us. And one day, Jesus promised he will come back to rescue us from the earth. Any deviation from that, shut it off. Watch this. This gets really hard, this verse. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ, notice the next words. They do not have God. Oh, they'll tell you they do. 
you know, I'm not worried about these people out there that are Satanists and all this stuff and they have these Satan groups and all and they, they tell you they hate God and all that. I don't worry about them as much. You know why? Because they're not out trying to deceive. They just tell you flat out. I'm worried about the people who say they do have God and they don't. Those people scare me. They say, you know what? I, you know, they come into the churches, they preach, they open up Bibles, they do whatever, but they really don't have, they deny the Jesus of the Bible. They do not have God. That's the negative part. Look at the positive part. This is beautiful. The positive part is this. The one who abides in the teaching, the one who stays true to what the Bible says, the one who preaches the true Christ and wants true progress because they're basing it on the true Christ. Look what it says here in verse 9. He has both the Father and the Son. Two for one. Some say, Jeremy, what are you worried about? This would never happen in a church like ours. Oh, no. Oh, no. A few years ago, I was at a birthday party. And at that birthday party, this lady was there. And, you know, being a New Yorker, I like to ask people, so when did you get saved? <laughs> Look, I'm Eric, what is it? And this, this lady goes, okay, I got saved. I got saved when Jesus died on the cross. Oh, really? I said, so when did you believe? She goes, I don't believe. Believing is a work. You don't believe in Jesus. I said, but what about, what about Romans chapter 10? It says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She said, well, that's not salvation. She had an answer for everything. I'm sitting at this birthday party and I'm baffled. I've never met anyone like that. I've been doing this a, a while. I've never met anyone that's ever said, I got saved when Jesus died and I don't believe in Jesus, but he just saved me and I, I, we don't believe in Christ and we don't believe in preaching and we don't believe in these things. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm baffled. I go home. I'm like, did I hear that? I didn't even know how to respond to that lady. Who knew that this lady was working some family in our church? And who knew that this family would buy it? And then later on, deny the very... We knew something was going on. We just couldn't put our finger on it. But deny the very means of salvation. That is sad. And that can happen to you. And that can happen to me. If we don't watch out. All of a sudden, they come with this kind of a thing that sounds kind of good. Well, I don't have to believe in anything. I could just be saved. And all of a sudden, like, oh, just everything's fine, and God does this, and God does that, and all of a sudden, the means of, and we don't need to preach the gospel to anyone. God will do it without your help or mine. And all of a sudden, they bought it, hook, line, and sinker. That is sad. Here's what he says. Anyone who goes too far, anyone does that stay within the boundaries of what the Bible says about Jesus and about salvation, they do not have God. So what do we do if they want to preach in our church? Well, come next week and we'll find out. <laughs> but right now, let me ask you, are you watching yourself? Are, are you watching what you're listening to? Are you watching what you see on YouTube and different things? Are you watching one another when they come to you and say, hey, I was just listening to so-and-so, amazing what's going on. Are you really caring about souls? Because they're after us. And if they can, they will grab us. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank You so much for this wonderful passage of Scripture. And I look at these deceivers and they subtract the Jesus from the Bible. And then they try to divide our allegiance to that Jesus. If we're not careful in watching ourselves, we can lose our full reward. And then they go too far. They, they try to advance so far that they leave you behind. And they promise this spiritual growth to others without staying true to the Jesus of the Bible. So God, I ask that you would protect each one here. Father, I don't know throughout the week what, what each one is listening to. I don't control that, and I won't ever control that. But you know. And Lord, I pray that they would filter who they're listening to with the person and work of Jesus Christ. Any deviation from that, God, that alarms and red flags would go off and that they would understand this is not a person who's trying to teach me spiritual growth. This is a person who's trying to deceive me. Help us to have discernment and help us to care for one another. If any of us start saying things that are going too far, God, help us to have the courage, the humility, and the love to say, wait a minute, that's going a little bit too far with the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you, and we're so thankful that the one who remains in the teaching of Christ has wonderful fellowship with both you and your son. We pray in his wonderful name and for his glory. Amen. Amen.